0: Hello, welcome to Tripe Suffer. It is international week, but there's plenty to talk about when it comes to Middlesbrough. I'm joined by Craig Johns. I'm Andrew Musgrove. I'm back this week. We've, though we've lost Dom Shorts like like a
1: merry-go-round, Craig. Is it you? Yeah, is, are you the issue here, do you think? I, I'm starting to think so, yeah. I think every uh, every other week, you're just going to each have to take a break from from me. I think that seems to be the uh the running uh, kind of theme here so yeah maybe it is me i'm joking we all love craig equally
0: and dom is just having a well-earned break sadly craig it's not probably going to be the most positive of podcasts because well millsborough i mean have they kind of done their chances of getting in the playoffs it was already faint and then that defeat to Millwall last weekend you would probably say well you might correct me but i, I would argue it's it's going to take a bit of a miracle to get at these playoffs, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it was a disappointing uh, performance down at Millwall on on Saturday. Uh, just gone there, I was I was down in the capital for that game, and and yeah, I mean, just in terms of of the playoff chances, obviously, like you see, it is. They are unlikely now. It's uh, six points off the, the top six. They dropped out in ninth as well. Uh, eight games to play. So you're kind of looking at you know, needing to make up them six points or seven, really, because of the goal differences there uh, so significant. So you need to make up like seven points and also overtake the three teams. So it's not just making up seven points on one team. It's not quite seven points for all of the three teams above them, but you've got to overtake them. Listen... It's it's not done until it's done. That's 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 my opinion. Uh be positive about it. This mill this uh, Middlesbrough team, what we've seen all season from them is that they fight and they give everything and they do never see a die. Um they will continue playing and and I know that's that's Neil Warnock's failing as well. Uh, you know, he said himself after the Millwall game, if we play like that, we probably won't pick up another point for the rest of the season. But it's not over. Um, so let's just keep going. It's almost you know, Middlesbrough last season only just stayed in the championship, so this season to even be competing for a space in the playoff, it's progression and it shows that the club are moving in the right direction back to where it should be. Um and, and so yes, yeah, so almost now these last eight games after the international break become a bit of a, a free hit. And uh, you know, there's reason to be positive if they can win. The next two will probably be very important against um, Bournemouth and, and Watford. Obviously, Bournemouth, one of the teams that they are competing with. So if they can beat Bournemouth on Good Friday, uh, that'll do the chances no harm. And then, of course, they do have Barnsley to play. If they can get a win uh, against Barnsley, that'll, again, be huge for them. And then you look at the last five games, um, all against teams at the bottom half of the championship. Um, that could, There's that could, two ways to look at that, really. I mean, the teams that Middlesbrough should beat, But of course, at times, typical Middlesbrough haven't beaten those kind of teams. That's just the way it is. Some of those teams as well will obviously be having a lot to play for in those games because they'll be scrapping for the lives, because they'll be wanting to stay in the championship and they'll still be battling relegation. But ultimately, those last five games are against teams you would expect Middlesbrough to beat, all of them. So, yeah, I wouldn't see it completely done and dusted yet. Um, not completely out of the race, but, you know, we have to be realistic that it is going to be very, very tough and it would be, you know, uh, a, a big, big ask for them now to turn it around.
0: I'm smiling there because it ain't over till it's over. I just watched Rocky last night and that's one with <laughs> famous lines in it from, what is it? Uh, Rocky 6. Um, Looking at Warnix presser afterwards and he was very he was very down he was he was he was a bit negative and he the thing that stands out here speaking to, to bbc tees um i can't remember anything sticking up in the attack it wasn't just the three or four that i brought off there were two or three others that i was disappointed in he also says today was unacceptable in the first half who was he talking about there in terms of the the ones he was disappointed in
1: Well, there was numerous ones that you could be disappointed in. I think, um, you know, those particular players such as uh, Chuba Akpom, Yannick Balassi. Uh, and Jed Spence, who he, he hooked at half-time and, and probably Marcus Tavernier, who came off just before half-time. He actually came off injured, but he probably would have been, you know, one of the players who was up for coming off uh, as well because uh, ultimately in that first half in particular, it was a game of two halves at Millwall, I would say, but that first half, it was a case of Middlesbrough were clear and 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 Millwall came straight back at them and because uh, there, there was nothing up front. It highlighted exactly what Warnock wants uh looking ahead to the summer transfer window because Middlesbrough just had nothing up front the ball wasn't sticking there wasn't any kind of effort to to kind of make anything happen um it was just a bad day um perhaps saying there wasn't effort I, I that's probably the wrong way to see it because uh I don't think it was through a lack of effort but Warnock certainly wasn't happy you know he said that at the very least you put your head in uh, and things like that and, and compete but Middlesbrough just it was just one of those days where the first half in particular they just absolutely did not and you know I think if you look at the, the 90 minutes overall he, he brought on uh, Nathaniel Mendes, Lang, Duncan more and um, Ashley no was it Ashley Fletcher? My me, me, me mind's gone now for the third substitution at half time but uh, I think it was Ashley Fletcher and uh, you know, they, they did a little bit. They had a kind of 15-minute period after the interval where they looked like the, the substitutions had lifted them and, um you know, they were, they were really pushing and probing at Millwall and, and you looked in that 15 minutes like they were going to find an equaliser and it didn't end up coming and... Th- the the dominated the second half really. They were definitely the better team in the second half, but they kind of lost the momentum after that first 15 minutes and then it just never really looked like they were going to get a goal. Yeah. Sorry, I thought you were gonna cut in there. It looked like you were gonna cut right. in there. Um, <laughs> no, it, it was one of them where the ball just wasn't breaking for them. Uh, you know, it, it would kind of drop to them in, in awkward areas in the box, and then and, and credit to Millwall as well, because there was a few times where you know, it dropped to George Travel in the box or it dropped to Paddy McNair. They were having shots at goal. What more, I think, had a couple? But Millwall defenders were throwing the bodies at everything. Like, they, they, they were desperate for those three points and, and you know, blocking absolutely everything. It was the kind of defensive performance that that Neil Warner loves to see from his side. Uh, so credit to Millwall as well for that.
0: Do you think, though, the fact that we're sitting here and we're saying is going to take a bit of a miracle to get into the playoffs... Do you think the players are aware of that? I and mean, did that add a bit of pressure? Because, I mean, you look at Millwall and, you know, they've, they've hit a good run of form as well. Um, and they're, you know, they're, I mean, they're a place below Middlesbrough. So you would say their task to get in the playoffs is even harder than the Middlesbroughs. But the pressure, is there, a, is there a pressure on Middlesbrough to get in the playoffs? I mean, we all know they should be a Premier League side. But I, I'm just wondering, in terms of someone looking from the outside in, Is there a pressure on them to to achieve a playoff place? And do you think that had an impact on, especially that first half on, on Saturday?
1: It's it's an interesting question because as you see historically, Middlesbrough should, if they're in the Championship, be be challenging right at the very top end. They should be, you know, probably at least making playoffs. But I think we have to to take it in context of, of last season and and remember that there wasn't many additions to this squad in the summer. There wasn't, they weren't able to spend much money because of the the financial climate at the minute. And, and despite that, Neil Warnock's taken them from a team who only just narrowly avoided relegation uh, to one competing to be in the playoffs I think that turnaround just season to season means that there probably isn't as much pressure this season I think most fans uh, can appreciate that there's you know there's a bit of a project and and, and Neil Warnock has agreed to stay another 12 months so you know while he absolutely hasn't given up and he always wanted promotion this season I think you know it, it almost takes the pressure off a little bit this season in terms of you know, we've got next season and we'll have a good go. But I think, you know, in terms of pressure, I think they've been must-win now probably since the, the the loss to Swansea a few weeks back. And, and since then, they, they beat Stoke 3-0 and beat Preston 2-0. And I would say both of those were must-win high-pressure games at home as well, where the form has been probably a bit patchy uh, since the new year. So, um, so yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised if it was a pressure thing at Millwall. I think it's purely just, you know, what we're seeing most of the season from Middlesbrough is it's just their inconsistencies and, and, you know, and we, we can all see the deficiencies um, that the squad has and, and it is up front. They haven't got that big focal striker that Neil Warnock likes. He likes the big target man. It's why he wanted Kiefer Moor in the summer and Kiefer, Kiefer Moor obviously went to Cardiff instead. It's why Femora Dijer was looked at at Bristol city in January. And, you know, he, the, potentially could go for him again in the summer because he's a free agent. Uh, they just haven't got that big football point up front. It's it's not too bakpom's game in fairness to him. But you know, equally if you look at that Millwall game, um, I would say probably only three players really came out of it with with a lot of credit. I thought Deal Fry and, and Greg Hall were were still magnificent at the back, very very good uh, defensively. And then uh, I think it's um it's only fair to give Martin Bet- Marcus Bertinelli uh, a shout as well. You know he's he's had his critics this season, and and at times I've been one of them, I must admit. And uh, you know there've been shaky moments along the way, but I think in the in the last few weeks in particular, he's he's really come into his own and he's being in brilliant form and he, he was down at Millwall if, if that was a game where Middlesbrough did manage to find an equaliser or even go on to get a winner Martin Bertinelli is your standout man of the match because he, he's he's made two or three brilliant saves in that game that kept Middlesbrough in it and, and gave them a fighting chance right at the very end I see unfortunately on the day it was just one of them where it just didn't look like it was going to drop for them and they just they never really looked like they were going to get a goal really and that leads
0: us nicely into the next talking point, which is Mr. Brit Asambelonga. Now we're talking about not having someone to aim for again. I mean, looking at him, he's a big lad. Surely uh, he should be the one leading that line. I mean, what's going on there?
1: Yeah, so it's it's an interesting one with with Brit Asambelonga. Obviously. Uh, wrote a big piece on Monday there, kind of looking at it and, and his situation. And it looks like now he might have perhaps played his last game for the club. Um, yeah, as you see, I mean, he's he's not a, a big lad in terms of size and height, but he is stocky and he does have, I would say, when the two have played, he looks like the one more capable of holding the ball up and playing with his back to goal in comparison to Joubert Rackpom. Uh, but he, he hasn't done that on on enough occasions. There's been one or two times this season. Birmingham, where we always stands out to me, he was fantastic that year. Showed what he is capable of. But he hasn't done it enough this season. Um, you know, and uh, and as we know, he, he's he's out of contract uh, in the summer. Um, I think Neil Warnock's pretty much made up his mind that the club won't be offering him a new deal. He's on astronomical wages and uh, the club could do with getting those wages uh, wages off the books as well. And um, yeah, I think it was really telling that at Millwall... He said after Britta Sombolonga was fit, he could have been in the squad, but he chose to take uh, 18-year-old Josh Corburn and, and put him on the bench to give him that experience of, of travelling to an away game with the 1st with the team squad. And I think, I think that's telling, and I think unless there was a major injury crisis within the next eight games, which this season at Middlesbrough is not beyond the realms of possibility, but unless that were to happen, I'd be very surprised if we do see Britta Sombelonga in a Middlesbrough shirt again, to be honest.
0: But playing devil's advocate, you look at his record, you know, was it about 45 goals and 144 games for Middlesbrough? Yes, he's only hit five this season, but, you know, 15, 14, 11 in the previous seasons, a big price tag, and he's still only 28. I mean, is he not allowed? You know, one-off season. I mean, obviously, you've seen him a lot more than I have. Is it a case that 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 magic's gone, that spark's gone? Is is the relationship between Warnock and him broken down? is there no way back for him?
1: It, it's it's hard to to kind of choose. I mean, there was a there was an interesting one a couple of weeks back. I think it, I think it was Swansea, wasn't it, where he was left out of the squad as well. And and Warnock said after that one that uh you know he was a bit under the weather. And then there was a. Brit Zombalonga took to his social media and, and posted on a picture on social media and, it, and it's, it just had the caption under the weather and the picture was him in and laughing. And, you know, whether or not it was intended, uh, it certainly looked like criticism of what Warnock had said and uh, it, it didn't, it wasn't, you know, very professional. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you look, I mean, His goal-scoring record isn't terrible at Middlesbrough, but I don't think he's done enough, uh, particularly in the last couple of seasons. And, you know, this season... Middlesbrough fans really hoped that kind of with Warnock, he would be the one to really get the best out of for some longer. He he has scored goals along the way, but he's not really led the line. And, you know, being the striker that when they signed him for £15 million and give him these wages, they expected him to be the player who was, you know, leading the team on promotion charges. And and that just hasn't been the case. And yes, there are arguments about the style of football, not just under Neil Warnock, but under previous managers and and whether that suited him, etc. But you know, for the money, you you expect to be getting a striker who offers a lot more than Brit does, and, and don't get me wrong, that's not Britt's fault. Britt, uh, you know, Britt accepted what he was given. Uh, essentially, you know, he, I mean, obviously renegotiated that up, but the club were willing to pay it. Um, and, and so you can't blame him for the money that he's on, but you would expect him to, to offer a lot more. And, and, and certainly, you know, as the season's gone on, um, it, it, it feels to me like he's, uh, his application has, has dwindled. Maybe he feels um, or he knows that his time at the club's up and, uh, you know, maybe he just isn't... Uh, you know, given as much anymore, but certainly I think uh, I can understand why in in the back of Neil Warnock's mind, he's probably thinking you know Chuba in particular is is going to be at the club next season, potentially Ashley Fletcher, and and most definitely Josh Corburn here in your role, who who looks like he has a really bright future. So you know, let's focus on them now because you know if if if, if he was doing this and Brittish Ambulonger was scoring week in week out maybe you'd question that when there's still something to play for. But but Britt hasn't exactly pulled up any trees this season, so it's not like you feel like you're missing out with Britt not being there.
0: From one man out of contract in the summer to another, and you mentioned him just there, Ashley Fletcher, being linked to Sheffield United this week. So let's say Middlesbrough don't get promotion. Sheffield United obviously are on their way back down to the championship. So, I mean, that would be an interesting move. Warnock was asked about the future of Fletcher and Warnock said we've only got nine games so we just have to concentrate on these games and then discussions I'm sure will take place in the summer. So that was obviously before the uh, the Millwall game. Do you
1: think you'll sign a new deal? I'm uncertain on that one if I'm honest but I'm leaning towards maybe not. I think um, what we do know is that the club have put a really good offer on the table for him, a fair offer, and and one that bear in mind he's he spent most of the season on the sideline injured, and um, you know it's a fair offer in the current climate, and um, you know he's basically come back and 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 said let's wait till the end of the season. Uh, now, if he was you know desperate uh, to stay at the club, why is he waiting until the end of the season? For me, he's he's doing exactly you know he's he's waiting to see what other offers come, which doesn't. Um, doesn't fill me with much confidence, if I'm honest. And, um, you know, again, much like Brittis on he he's, he's not exactly pulled up trees for Middlesbrough. He's not exactly, you know, been the the massive focal point and leading striker that they that wanted him to be when they signed him. Uh, now, don't get me wrong, I think he's been unfortunate this season with his injuries. I thought, you know, under, under Neil Warnock, had he been fit the whole season, it would have been interesting to see how we season had gone? I think a lot of us kind of expected that this might be the season that he finally showed what he was capable of, Um that didn't work out because of the hamstring injury. But yeah, it doesn't fill me with confidence that he hasn't signed a new deal yet. And uh, you know, you look at other players in the squad, the likes of Johnny Howson, for example. Uh, when they negotiated his contract um, earlier in the season, he came in the room. The club said we want to keep you. Johnny Housen said I want to stay. That contract was signed. Paddy McNair, Mark Ball, Anthony Dykesdale—all similar situations. The club wanted to keep them. They wanted to sign. The, the deal was done. I mean, with, with Housen actually, he actually took a pay cut. And um, I, I, I know that that um, the, the club had said, "Look, we want to keep you, but we can't afford the the wage that you're currently on." It's obviously the the, the financial climate has changed now, and uh, and. From what I understand, Housen essentially said, Well, make me an offer. Middlesbrough made him an offer and he signed the contract. Uh, which is that's they're the type of players you want. I mean, it it's 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 a little ironic that Johnny houseen has been as important and as brilliant as he has been this season. And he's signing the contract in those circumstances. And then Ashley Fletcher, who spent the season on the sidelines, hasn't been able to have much of an influence, is then saying, let's wait till the end of the season. It, it really doesn't fill me with much confidence. But, you know, I think with brick going, it would be um, a challenge for Middlesbrough if, if Ashley was to go as well, because, you know, that leaves you with just Tuba and, and then Josh, although Josh is just 18, Josh Corburn, so it's it's a challenge to ask him to step up so quickly. He might be around the first-team squad at the moment, but, you know, it'll be a challenge to ask Josh to, to have a major influence next season. So you're looking and thinking, okay, Britt's probably definitely going. So if Ashley goes as well, you're probably going to need two strikers in the summer. We know... You know, just from the, the accounts that were released recently, Borough lost £35 million, and the next 12 months are going to be, you know, harder still What well, the 12 months that have happened, obviously. But when those accounts come out, it'll be the 12 months that we're in now. Um, You know, that's when the real effect of COVID will come in and having no fans at the ground uh, for the whole season. So if you then need to go out and buy two strikers, which don't come cheap, strikers never come cheap. They're the hardest players to sign you know, that's going to be very difficult. So I think it would be good for Middlesbrough if Ashley Fletcher committed his future, but it doesn't give me, as I say, the, the biggest amount of confidence that he hasn't signed a new deal yet.
0: Have you had some doors banging there. I was just collecting a parcel. <laughs> it's one of those things, isn't it? You know, you see it happening on the big podcasts where they're getting interrupted. So that's what we're aiming for. I'm not even sure what's in the parcel. It's like Christmas morning when I get to open it later. Um can though. I mean you mentioned there, you know, the accounts and and looking ahead to the summer. If they lose both Fletcher and Sombalonga, and yes, you're clearing the wages, but you're not getting in any money for for two players who, who still have a, a you know quite a few years ahead of them. They could still do a job in the championship. But yes, you know, it might come down to the right manager, the right approach, the right tactics, what have you. But I mean can they afford to cut loose two players who, if under contract, could fetch quite a bit of money in terms of, you know, championship?
1: Well, it's it's a difficult one. I mean, obviously, Middles prepared quite substantial money for both. Um, and, and it's clear that we're never going to get, you know, if they were still under contract, but they were selling them in the upcoming summer, they were never going to get anywhere near the money back on either. Um and you know you look you, you see those transfer fees, but what you've got to think with players like that is if if Brita Sombolonga were to have another three years on his current contract, then that's a, that's a charge to the club that you know continues for the next three years. And and likewise, if Fletcher was under three year contract and, and they're huge contracts, or you know at, with the way money is in the game at the minute, you know, and and it is very very tough for, for all clubs. Um certainly British on Belonga, you 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 feel you have to to kind of just cut your losses with that one, except that there's you know, he's he's not giving value for money for what you're paying him. And uh, you know, you like I say you just cut your losses and, and you look again, it, it's gonna be difficult because um you know, strikers, as we said, are, are so hard to buy and it's so hard to get the type of strikers you want. Um it fills me with confidence that Neil Warnock's the man in charge. He he knows the game. He has contacts. Um, he he knows players and he knows what's needed to to be successful in the championship. So if you're banking on anybody finding Middlesbrough a gem, um, for for a minimal cost, then you would hope Neil Warnock would be the best man to to potentially do that. And um, you know, you look at um. There's the free agent market, of course. We mentioned Dijell. Apologies if that's a terrible pronunciation of that name. Uh, but at Bristol City, he's he's out of contract and we know Middlesbrough would would love him as, as much as Warnox played that down a bit. Uh you know, he admitted after the loss to Bristol City last month that had they had him up front in their team, they'd have won that game. Uh, it was as simple as that one player he made all the difference two goals one assist Bristol City win the game 3-1 uh, and he's a free agent in the summer Bristol City still would like to keep him but if he does move on you know I'm sure Neil Warnock will be in there trying his hardest to to convince him to, to come on board at Middlesbrough there's Another few free agents out there. Um, Charlie Wright's obviously a Middlesbrough lad, and I know he's only doing it in League One, but he's scored an impressive 27 goals this season for Sunderland. And uh, you know, it, I know it's League One, but if he's scoring that amount of goals in League One, you would presume mm. he's then capable of coming up and, and doing something for the right team in the Championship, and he is that type of striker that would lean, lead the line well of a 0-1 team, you feel, because he is big, he is good at, you know, being in the box and, and getting on the end of crosses and things like that. So, you know, he's another potential option, you would presume. I mean, he's, he's doing well, he's done well at some but if Middlesbrough are interested and he's he's available on a free, the chance to come back home to Middlesbrough, potentially, I think that could be a, a, a viable one. Personally, but um yeah, I'm certain as well that there'll be there'll be a few others. You know, we, it's it's difficult for the club at the minute because of um, the restrictions through through COVID nineteen. But you know, one had mentioned recently that Kevin Blackwell was wanting to go out and watch a game in Copenhagen, and um, we don't know who he was looking to watch. But obviously, the club have. a a sophisticated scouting system or analysis system where they are constantly looking at players from from all over the world. Um, And what we do know is that Warnock, after the Tuba doesn't want to sign anybody based on just what they watch on video. But what they do in that scouting department is they find these players and then eventually, when they can, Wallet wants to be sending out, you know, either going himself or sending Kevin or sending Ronnie, who he trusts, to go and watch these kind of people in person, see see if they, you know, if if they are what they need, and 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 you know, so there's every potential that Middlesbrough could could unearth a gem who we've never heard of, seeing the Danish league or the the Belgian league or or what have you, you know, if if between now and then they can. Find a way to to travel and 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 watch people in person. There's there's every chance it could be someone like that um who who Middlesbrough signed. but but yeah, it, it will obviously be very tough as we see. Strikers are not easy to sign, but I think ultimately with the way the way things are, you have to as much as we we want on the pitch success and and that's crucial. There needs to be a football club first and foremost, and I think the recent accounts that were released. Uh, were a harrowing reminder of of you know where the games at at the minute. So you know that's that's what other business other than a football club would you run that was making thirty five million pound losses in a year. It just wouldn't you know you wouldn't sustain that over a long period of time in any business except football, where it just seems to be the given uh, at the minute that that's the way every club's going. Uh, And I think there needs to be at some point, not just at Middlesbrough, but at every football club, though, there'll have to be a point where things reset. Otherwise, you know, you'll see so many clubs going out of business and, and these clubs... These clubs are more than just a business. the 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 They're so important to the community and the towns that they serve and the people, the fans. Um, they're so important to the lives of, of those people. So you know, we can't have too many more bury FCs. Um, I feel at, at some point, and and COVID's probably accelerated that. There has to be a reset, and there has to be, you know, some realism that football can't continue going in the in the way it's going.
0: Hmm. my old school take I used to say football is built on quicksand which is kind of I think fits fits perfectly what you're saying there you know if it all starts to kind of sink inwards it's not going to look good um it's international break as we mentioned right at the start I hate the international break I don't like international (laughs) football I just can't stand it and the fact that the fact that countries are traveling players are traveling to different countries just winds me up to no end. I mean, we're sitting here, you know. Look, I mean, you you cannot see it. I mean, Craig's had his haircut, but mine—I can get about twelve bubbles in this hair, hair now. <laughs> I can't wait for a haircut, and we've got players flying off for World Cup qualifiers. Goodness me, sorry. It's just it, it has wound me up. Um, I really don't see the need for them to be going, um, traveling when we're all locked, locked up. Um, you got. I've got a few players away. Uh, on an international duty. Um has International Break though Craig come at a good time for Burr?
1: Uh, potentially, I think it probably be just after the Millwall defeat offers them a little time to just maybe reset and kind of you know it's been a, a long hard season and with the exception of of, of George Shuffle and Paddy McNair who are away with Northern Ireland you know it just it gives it gives a lot of the Middlesbrough players a, a little t- chance to just uh, you know rest the muscles and I know Middlesbrough have been um, the players are off uh, until the, they were back today Thursday uh, so they had like a good uh, good four day. Or their period of of being off, and I'm I'm sure that they've asked the, the players to kind of you know do a bit of walk and maybe just uh, keep keep going sort of speed, but but not the kind of strenuous levels that they would normally be training at, particularly when games are coming Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, like they have been for so often this season. So you know just a. Uh, a good little chance to kind of rest the muscles and things in in what has been a compacted and and a very strenuous season for the players. And and sometimes there's an argument that, you know, you have a disappointing performance like Millwall. It's good to get get straight back in and certainly middle through the season have have not often um, lost twice in a row. I think it's only twice twice this season that they've lost two league games in a row. Um, so they tend to, to do very well at bouncing back. Uh, but I think particularly as we come to the end of the season, it's good to just get a little reset. Uh, and and then there's eight games where you know, it's a bit of a free hit. Let's just, just go at them and be as positive as possible and and, and see how we get on.
0: Um, I had a question off a listener, and it's totally disappeared from my screen. There we have it. Now this this is a Twitter handle and a half, Charlie Board. So join this. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, and he asks, or, or she maybe asks, do you think it would be best for Spence to go on loan next season to play regularly and to regain confidence? And how many players do you think will leave in the summer? And if you do think some will leave, I mean, we've mentioned a couple there already, which ones do you think will exit?
1: Right, yeah. So it's a couple of interesting questions there. Yeah, um, Spence is an interesting one. He, he started, and remember, this is the first season I've co- I've covered Middlesbrough, and he, he started as the the mainstay right wing back. If you like Middlesbrough started the season with the back five, and 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 that type of suit, his style of play, um, yeah, because he's a, he's a, he is a fullback, but he, he's a very attacking minded fullback, and. Uh, Warnock, particularly in a back five, much prefers uh, defensive-minded fullbacks, Uh the likes of Mark Baller and the likes of Anthony Dykesdale. They, they can get forward; they can they can offer something in attack. But fundamentally, they are good defenders, um, which not many modern-day fullbacks are now, um, really, and. Um, yeah, so it's, it's an interesting one because Jed Spence has declined as the season's gone on. But, you know, it, it, it is important to remember he's the age. He is still very young, I think, 21 uh, off the top of my head, I, I believe. Um, so there's still plenty of development to do. And um, it will depend, I think, on on um, on what Neil Warner thinks is best for him. Will he be better off staying uh, among the Middlesbrough fringes like he has been, but continuing to learn with what, you know, Neil and, and, and Kevin is the Ken Blackwell kind of focuses mostly on the defensive side of of coaching. Uh what will they prefer to keep him at the club and kind of continue to themselves or will they see value in him going out and, and playing more? Um it's an interesting one. I think you look at someone like Nathan Wood, who went out on loan in January. Um, he, he's gone to crew and by all accounts he's doing brilliantly. Now, when he played games at Middlesbrough, there were times where it was evident that he didn't have that experience. And it was almost this loan was a chance for him to go play regularly and iron out the creases and and, and, and playing games was the only way that was going to happen, but he wasn't going to be able to play games at Middlesbrough. Where as we're seeing at Middlesbrough with Jed Spence, he is still afforded the chance to play some games. He does have a lot of experience for his age. So potentially, I think maybe the best thing for him would be staying at the club I know we've got Darnell Fisher here and now who who I, I really liked Darnell Fisher before he picked up his Achilles injury he probably would have been you know ahead of ahead of both Dykesdale and uh, Spence for me which is possibly unfair on Dykesdale who had uh, a brilliant season but I think Darnell Fisher uh, Fisher made a, a really big impression on me when he first joined from Preston before he picked up the unfortunate Achilles injury which is just keeping him only in and around the team at the minute but uh, yeah it's an interesting one because I I think you saw again at, at Millwall there, uh, he, he really struggled Spence and he was one of the ones who got half time. Um, so we'll be interested to see what they do with him because you, yeah, I think Warnock, you know, joked himself earlier in the season when he was still playing quite regularly. He said, Uh, Spence, Spence is a player who has the potential to play at the very top in the Premier League, but he could quite easily fall off a cliff and end up playing non league. He's at that kind of stage of his career now where he, it'll be up to himself where he goes in the game, ultimately. So, so yeah, it's, it's, a, del- it's a bit of a delicate situation, really. And I, I have a funny feeling that they'll probably just feel he's better off staying at the club and, and being coached by them in how they want him to play. In terms of the, the second part of that question, how many exits... Um, hard again to put a number on it i think brit's definitely won i think i can't i can't see him as i've said playing another game for middlesbrough if i'm honest fletcher i'm not optimistic will steer but that could depend on on what other offers do come in the sheffield united links we mentioned earlier i didn't see it at the time but you know it, it, it is that genuine or is that his agent just talking up um you know talking up interest because Fletcher will ultimately want offers from elsewhere, his agent will want offers from from elsewhere. I believe I believe what's happened is Middlesbrough have put what, well, you know, a, a fair offer on the table to him and, and, and Fletcher wants more money essentially. Or the agent thinks he should get more money a lot of the time. These things are, are driven by the agents. And and Middlesbrough have said no, and and rightly so, because from what I understand the offer is is more than fair. And you mm. say we compare that to someone like Johnny Houson who's done the business this season as well. Um you know, he took a pay cut. He, he signed the he signed the contract state away on less money because you know it's a, it's what clubs are going through. You have to be you have to appreciate the the financial strain that's being put on football clubs at the minute. So I think to be going in after a season that you've spent most of the time on the sidelines and, and asking for more money is is it's not acceptable really, and it's not fair. Um, so yeah so Fletcher potentially a departure I don't think there'll be that many other departures really a couple of young maybe go out on loan. be interesting to see what they do with Nathan Wood because by all accounts um, I'll be writing a story later today. but I spoke to a crew reporter who who tells me Nathan's been absolutely sensational there uh, if he can you know, play plenty more games between now and the end of the season it'll be interesting I'm sure when they'll want, I'll have a good look at him in pre-season and hopefully you'll feel Nathan is, is good enough to kind of now step up and, and those creases that we spoke about have been ironed out because I think you know Nathan will be an excellent squad player if you like to to kind of you know cover when needed. Um, uh, Lewis Wing is potentially a departure. I'll be speaking to someone later in uh, the week about him and how he's done at Rotherham on loan. I think uh, again through speaking to somebody sounds like Lewis has done really well at, at Rotherham and uh, and has impressed. Um, the big thing, of course, is that Rotherham's championship status is uncertain, but I think if, if Rotherham managed to stay in the championship, it sounds like they'd potentially be interested in, in signing Lewis Wing, and it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if, if Middlesbrough Decide to cash in and and either look to to upgrade with a new central midfielder or or go with what they've got because I think you know Marcus Tavernier moving central recently has uh has given them that extra central midfield option, and um, and they also have Hayden Hackney uh, coming through the academy who I think they'll have a very good look at and, and try to kind of integrate into the first team squad more in the summer during preseason. So potentially Lewis Wing to depart as well, but. Uh, Hayden Coulson, that's the other one. Uh, Hayden Coulson is, um, it's clear Neil, Neil Warnock doesn't really fancy him. He's another one like Spence that we spoke about who's a bit too attack minded to be a fullback for Neil Warnock. But again, he is still young and he showed a lot of promise before Neil Warnock came in. and uh, He showed a lot of promise under Jonathan Woodgate. So that could be one where. Rather than Jed Spence, they potentially look to loan out Hayden Coulson. and uh, you know it, it will depend on on interest if if they could sell him, they'll want it. Maybe thinks, well, we'll we'll take the money and, and we'll use that to to build the squad elsewhere. But it wouldn't surprise us if others at the club, uh, kind of say, oh, well, let's loan him out, and then and then you know because we know Warnock's probably only here for another twelve months, so Hayden could develop yet still and and be you know, preferred by whoever comes in after 0-1 looking a lot further down the line. So, yes, I think they're the players that you're looking at who could potentially depart. I'd be surprised if there's any more than that other than the players who are on loan, because we don't know. is going to be the difficult one. It, it, it will probably depend a lot on what Fulham managed to do this summer. Will they stay up? Yeah. Um, Will they come down? And if they come down, you know, given how well Cabano's done for Borough in the Championship, I would imagine if they come down at the Championship, they'd probably want to keep him at Fulham because he's a, he's a very good Championship player. But you know, he didn't really get a look in the Premier League. And and if they did manage to stay up, I would imagine they'd look to upgrade. So there's a potential, depending on price, that they could, if Fulham stay up, bring back Cabano. But again, you know, you look at. What money might need it to be spent on a striker, perhaps Cabano, isn't a priority based on the price Fulham would potentially want for him. Unless they would be happy to do another loan deal. But I'm sure they would, it would have to be late in the summer because I'm sure that priority want to sell him. Um, Yannick balassi he is out of contract at Everton he will obviously have offers from elsewhere. He's he's done well, he's looked positive and most importantly for him, he's got back to playing again uh, after so long out with a knee injury and then being kind of out in the cold at Everton. Most importantly for him is he's shown he can play regularly again and he's uh, he's doing well, he's, he's he's a wonderful player to watch and it would be, uh, you know, an absolute delight and a huge asset to Borough if they did manage to find a way to convince him to stay and sign a permanent contract in the summer. But, you yeah, know, he had interest in January to go to Turkey and places like that where undoubtedly get a, a far more lucrative offer than what Middlesbrough were, were, were able to offer him. And, you know, at this stage of his career now, again, I'm guessing, but I'm pretty sure he's 31. Um... So he's, he knows, you know, his, his years are uh, uh, coming. You know, he, he hasn't got that many more years in the game. And, and so you couldn't, you know, be too angry if he says, actually, I'm going to go to Turkey now and, and and make a fair few bob. uh You know, fair play to him for that. But I, I really do hope he chooses football over money and, and stays at Middlesbrough because, you know, he says he's loved it. He's loved the, the adulation that he's received from fans. He won't play with fans in a stadium unfortunately this season but if he stays next season fans will be back and you know they'll be worshipped on the terraces because he's such a fun player to watch uh so i I really do hope he can come back but again it's it's you know kind of a 50-50 situation that one i would say and then the the final one Martus is bettinelli uh like like yannick glassy he's out of contract uh in the summer at his parent club which is is also fulham like Cabano and um so yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do with Ben. I mean, we, we mentioned it briefly earlier. He's uh, he's had ups and downs this season. He's had his good games and his bad games. He's had his shaky moments and he's had his critics. Me being one of them at times. But in recent weeks, he's been really, really good. He's made some top saves. Um, and what you can see about him is he's he's played every league game. He's firmly established himself as Neil Warnock's number one this season and he is very, very vocal. Um, it's it's hard to quantify just how important that is to to what's been a good season defensively for Middlesbrough. You know, the foundations that they've built and the success that they've had this season have all come from the back and and how solid they've been. It, it, it is hard because, you know, it's almost an unseen thing, but how vocal he is in organising those just ahead of him in defence. Um you know it's, it's probably more important than we give it credit for so it will be interesting to see whether Warnock looks for an upgrade or whether he just tries to bring in Bettinelli on a free transfer because again as we've mentioned you know the big priority this summer is a striker and that's going to cost money so if you can get Bettinelli on a free uh, get that one tied up um, early it's not something you have to worry about and you can Put all your focus on the on the forward positions, you know. There's probably an argument in that being the best way for Middlesbrough to go about it.
0: Plenty to keep an eye on. We'll be back next week ahead of that game against Bournemouth. We'll have Don back as well, so there'll be a three-man show as opposed to the two-man show you've been treated to in the previous fortnight just a little message to urge you guys to like and subscribe to the podcast. It's totally free. Um, but just means once we upload an episode, you'll get a notification saying it's ready for you guys to listen to. And if you can also leave a rating and a review as well, it's much appreciated. There have already been some left and they are, we've enjoyed reading them, haven't we Craig? Some of the reviews left, especially the ones on Apple. Um, I think backhanded compliments is probably the best way to describe them. Um, You have made us laugh. We'll not spoil them for you because, of course, when you go to write yours, you can read them and maybe take some inspiration. But please be kind. Um, That's it for now. Head over to Seaside Live, Gazette Live, um, to read all of Craig's wonderful work, all the analysis from the previous uh, game. And looking ahead to next week, Thank you, as always, for joining us.